Hello, everybody, and welcome to what is episode 37 of The Ripper, The Teller, and The Gremlin. Um, man down today, as uh, as you'll figure out shortly, we just have Jack here. Yeah, um, we have. Yeah. We have so the gremlin. We, we do have the gremlin. We, we do not have uh, the teller with us today. Um, He's off telling have... tales. He is. He is spreading the word, the good word of the podcast. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> <laughs> so as always, we'll jump straight into our news. As, as you you know, will probably figure out, this will be a slightly shorter episode being a person down, um, but we're still going to have some fun. So yeah, with uh, my first piece of news beast, um, today, we are going to look at uh, the developer or the lead developer of Days Gone. Mm. Um, Days Gone kind of a game that didn't do fantastic but did well enough yeah, yeah. I, I think fair, that's fair, fair to say. say yeah yeah that it wasn't sony's kind of next big you know triple a game like god mm. of war it was kind of you know it sold well enough to 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 kind of hold its own but it didn't really do i think as well as sony was hoping yeah. to do but i also kind of think that um sony is partly to blame for that i think they pushed their other ips a lot yeah. more i don't think you got the marketing that it could have um, no, no. had compared to them uh i feel like when it did kind of release it wasn't really like you know a massive thing for sony it was no like, oh, and yeah it, look here's another ip it's a bit of a shame actually because i played days gone um and i'm guilty as charged in saying i didn't even finish it which i'm ashamed i actually am a bit annoyed i didn't because it did have a really really interesting storyline but um it's a bit of a shame because I think it had huge potential to be a like a, a incredible release for for Sony. Um, and I was zombie games always interest me anyway. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing all of the pre-release stuff um, and you know like the gameplay clips, the trailers, and everything. And I don't know if you, you must remember the iconic sawmill um, gameplay yes. demonstration where the cutting of the logs and all that and the huge horde. Well, like I didn't even get to that bit in the game because that's quite late on. <laughs> um, but but like. I don't know. I watched it's, it's strange to say it actually, but um a clip came up of a player doing that level the other day on my um timeline for something and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting because I other than the, the original sort of look at what looked like scripted gameplay, I'd never seen um a normal person play it through that mission." And mm-hmm. I watched it and it just didn't feel the same because it wasn't so scripted, like if you know what I mean, like it just was yeah. a lot more hectic and chaotic and I was a bit like this just looks like a cluster of a mess, really. Like it doesn't look <laughs> as fun as it did watching it be played and watching um, it like scripted and yeah. And, and I kind like, of, well yeah. And, and do you know what? I kind of, I kind of, I loved the game and I hated it at the same time because I, I loved the, um, I loved the realness of it because it was so realistic and so difficult. Um, Mm -hmm. and and it was very like you had to really play it well Um, so I really enjoyed that but at the same time that was its downfall for me is that it did almost to an extent take the fun away because it was a bit too much like it was a bit like wanted to kind of get in they needed a little more of a fun song yeah I think there needed to be a little bit more of a balance between these really intense survival situations and at the same time some sort of scripted gameplay moments where it kind of helped guide you through you know the storyline right. like i felt like it was like you could probably i don't get me wrong i'm not sure because i never finished it but i imagine you could if you played the game poorly um mm-hmm. you could go through the whole game and get to sort of end game with very uh, with very poor equipment and loadout and not enough ammo and things like that and i imagine it would just become near on impossible whereas like it's not like oh you've hit this point in the story the game's going to reward you by giving you like a decent where does a worn assault rifle that's got you know a stash of ammunition and all that sort of thing it's kind of like if you've made the effort and you've gone off and like scavenged it or found it or whatever then great if you haven't then tough luck for you and i was Mm -hmm. like i get that that adds to the realness but at the same time i think it needed a tiny bit more balancing um but yeah it's a shame because the game was really good um in the way it played and things like that but it was definitely not as big of a release as it should have been. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like one of the things we've talked about before is that Sony is stepping away from making, you know, some of their IPs and this being one of them, um, as we know, it, it clearly didn't meet the performance standards that Sony is, is expecting. Mm. So 
they are stepping away from kind of developing a sequel for this and focusing on like you know god of war ragnarok and and all of the other sequels they have in the works um but what i wanted to actually talk about today was the the lead developer john garvin actually has left um, ben studio which obviously is the studio that created Mm -hmm. days gone and he actually talked a lot about the industry as as we kind of know it and one of the key points that kind of um was a takeaway for for the uh, interview was he said don't complain if there's no sequel if you didn't buy it full price and he kind of um had a go at the fact that a lot of people will wait for sales they won't really uh, support yeah, a game sure. for full price they'll um wait till maybe it's on game pass yeah or um, discount yeah and I think that was quite a, a good point. So I, I kind of wanted to talk about that. I think he has a point, but I also think it's kind of, it, it goes both ways. Um, it comes across, I think it comes across poorly what he's saying because exactly. it, it, it sounds like he's being a bit of a dick. But yeah, at the same exactly. time, but at the same time, he has a really fair statement there because you don't, if you're, you know, part of what helps these games be better and helps them do this is that the money they make from it so if you're exactly saying that a huge chunk of player base didn't pay the full price for it then why would you expect more from them you know yeah and um, and this is the thing i can kind of see his perspective of people will buy games like fifa and cod full price they'll have them pre-ordered yeah and yet games that they're not so sure on that could be an absolute gem for them they'll just wait and they won't support them straight away but they'll you know they'll support these games that you know they in their heads they know that they're going to enjoy um but they they won't support these and i I do get where he's kind of coming from there of Mm. people then complaining saying oh why are we not getting a days gone too well you know nobody nobody supported it at launch and and you can kind of see his point of if you're you can't complain if you didn't help out um but as we said, it does come across as, you know, kind of like a, a dick thing to say. It's it's something that not everybody has the money to, to pay full no, price for no. games. Not everybody, you know, has um, the kind of commitment to to a new IP. That they're not, terms not 100% of... convinced on. Exactly. Like, you know, we, we I'd use the example of kind of COD and FIFA, but there are people that, you know, buy other games that aren't, you know, yeah, yeah, COD yeah, and yeah. FIFA, and, uh, but they still have their franchises um, or, or kind of things that they trust, developers that they trust. But, you know, I don't really know much else about what Bender's done um, in the past, but they, they've kind of got that up against them as well. They're going with a new IP that someone has to say, yes, I'm committed to spending, you know, 50 pound um on like this me. game when it, yeah and then i might never play it or you know you might, might never, never finish, finish it, it like, like you, I did. yeah yeah um so i i i do think he's kind of being a bit harsh um i do get his kind of sentiment though of don't complain yeah but yeah. at the same time if you were unsure and then you know you've waited a year why shouldn't you be allowed to just buy it on sale and then enjoy the game and exactly. then you know and just because you're complaining so doesn't mean that you you know you wouldn't then support the second one no that, exactly. that's not what you know that's not the kind of public view it's not a case no. of oh well i didn't pay full price for the first one so i'm definitely not going to pay full price for the second one no. and I still complain like it just yeah. means that they were a bit late to the party but... well like, like you say for example i did buy it um, when it first released because it was one um like playstation game that really did stand out for me so and i was like oh this could be great so i did buy mm-hmm. it straight away but saying that let's just pretend for a second i didn't and say so i waited till the sale and whatever yeah. I would have still given you the same opinion on the game I just gave you now. But if somebody turned around and said to me, look, they're going to take on board what a lot of the community has said about Days Gone and they're going to make a sequel that is hopefully going to be 10 times better than the first one. I'm not going to go, well, no, because I never finished the first one. So there's no way I'm paying full price for a second one. Because if exactly. I'm like, oh, actually, the second one seems like it's going to fix the first one's problems. Yeah. I'm 100% going to buy it. So I think kind of doesn't make sense, but I get what he's saying. Exactly. And that's why I kind of wanted to talk about it. Yeah, it's kind of like a harsh reality of um, at the end of the day, game developers are still a business. And and I do get that. But as you know, on the flip side of that, consumers are still, you know, people, they still have, you know, incomes to expenditures. So you can see it from from both perspectives. I can see why he's frustrated, especially being in that situation where I do think that Sony really didn't give it as much of a push as it could have had Hmm. um, compared to its other titles. Um, even now, kind of looking back, um, when they do these these kind of uh, rundowns of all their kind of exclusives, and, and they really push things like Ghost of Tsushima, um, and you know, The Last of Us, they really push these. They really hit like in their trailers, yeah, yeah. they have like a lot of video footage from those, and then they kind of like throw in like a bit of Days Gone. It's like it feels like a bit of an afterthought for them. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I do, I do see his perspective, but yeah. So I thought that was quite a nice thing um, to talk about, but. Moving on to my second piece of news, and that is actually 
be bringing up um, the Activision CEO, Bobby Kotick, which we've talked about um, not too long ago. Um, <laughs> it probably has been now, but yeah. um, in terms of number of episodes, it wasn't that long ago. Um, and we talked about how he was getting uh, a huge bonus. I think it was somewhere around 200 million. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we talked about how crazy that was when they were still kind of having budget cuts and, and, uh, kind of making people redundant within the company well it's actually come to light recently that the um, Activision boss is receiving a pay cut um, oh yeah and I was like okay fair enough so it's actually a very very large pay cut as well so Activision have actually announced they're going to reduce his base salary by 50% wow yeah so although he you know he might have these amazing bonus um, bonuses they aren't necessarily included in that because that isn't part of his base salary um 50 off of his base salary is still it's a lot. huge amount yeah, when yeah. he's earning you know as much as he's earning um and i think maybe activision realized they kind of took a step back and said okay um we can't exactly be doing all these budget cuts and then not look towards our you know ceo or towards our upper management um, and I think maybe he had a, a say in that. Maybe, you know, he doesn't need to take as much money. He's clearly quite comfortable in his position. Um, so maybe he had the kind of idea to say, well, let's, you know, take this. And it, it, to be fair, it does increase their face. You know, it does yeah, increase it does. kind of uh, how people look at them in terms of they were having a go at them for what they were doing. Like, you know, Bobby was taking this this extra money and everybody else was losing jobs. But doing this clearly shows that they're you know they're actually being conscientious and it's not just a case of well our, our upper management keep going up and up but people at the bottom keep getting fired yeah. um so i just thought it was kind of a nice thing to bring up i didn't want to just kind of say how bad activision were with bobby's huge pay bonuses and then and then not mention when they actually announced that he's being reduced in his salary um mm. because i think you know that's a fair point they've gone the other way now um so yeah not much more to say about that no no but just wanted to bring it up so I wasn't being, <laughs> being biased on this podcast. We're not biased people. <laughs> so the last piece of news I actually wanted to talk about, um, and I was reluctant to talk about it, is Outriders. Um, I, are, you, are you still playing Outriders? Um, I know that you were yeah, a week I, or two ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so I still am playing Outriders. Um, I, I go on and off of it, but purely because um, after our last discussion and last episode, you'll probably know, um, I the game is especially later on just becomes more and more difficult and more and more non-enjoyable on your own um, mm -hmm. and and I've noticed that I've started to play um, I did take your advice and I started to play sort of a world tier lower than I was um, yeah. which made it better but then it was a bit annoying for me because I wanted to be on the highest world tier and um, I know I started um, also leaving my party uh, privacy as open and Every now and again, I get randomers join. And even the one extra person who I'm not communicating with makes the game so much more fun straight away. Mm -hmm. Like, and so much more, not easy, but it just balances the scale so much more. It, it makes kind of the tension easier as well, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, like, because not it, every single person's bombarding you with bullets. Exactly. Like, yeah. Um, like the way you say not easier, um, yeah, yeah. I get that. Like it isn't really that much easier. It just but makes it does, the kind of like yeah, yeah. experience easier. Yeah, the pressure. Um, um, but yeah, so Outriders is actually, you know, they're still supporting the game. They've yeah. just released a patch, which um, had, you know, a, lo a load more balances and, and, and changes. Um, they finally kind of changed the way snipers work because everybody hated the snipers and the fact that they could see you for a millisecond and you'd be sniped through like yeah. you know, a kilometer away. Um, so little things like that, you know, quality of life type stuff. Really good to see that they're still still working on it and still making sure it can be as best a game as it can yeah. be. Um However, the, the kind of big thing that I wanted to talk about is the fact that they're not really addressing kind of the issues people have with Endgame and like the, the reason that I haven't played it since I, I you know, came off maybe like two, three weeks ago. Um, mm -hmm. I played it with you for a bit, but that was literally it. Um, yeah, I haven't gone on me for, out as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I haven't gone on to actually play the game for myself and, and grind and things um, because I just do not really enjoy the Endgame and... Um, it's kind of showing that people are feeling the same way. Uh, their player numbers are actually dipping a little bit, especially um, yeah. on PC. I wouldn't say it's a, a huge amount, but they are dipping from where obviously they were uh, they were at. And as we kind of talk about, it's um, it's not necessarily like a big thing for players to no. 
to just slowly be you know we've we yeah, had a very successful it's, launch it doesn't yeah, mean yeah. that it's it's failing Bad by game. any means no, yeah no. But, but i do think that some of these kind of players that are dropping off can be attributed to the fact that they're not really making end game as, as good an experience as it can be i think people are kind of completing the game and then moving on to something else um and i do think this might continue as a trend that people mm. will slowly just get you know kind of tired of that situation of of the end game and it'll only be kind of the people that really really enjoy the game and love the grind that will be staying um yeah. and i don't want to see it that way I, I really really want to go back to outriders we've said before our fun yeah, of the game yeah because like even when you joined me like um obviously we learned the hard way when you joined me that y- it won't allow you to perform at your highest performance because they otherwise... have they have changed it a little bit so right. i should be i should be a little bit more, a bit more yeah come, but but either, either way you still straight away coming into my lobby i was having so much fun like with uh, with the two of you straight away in comparison mm-hmm. to being playing it on my own and it was like it's the first time i've just been able to like enjoy the game as much as i should be because like you say when you can enjoy it the game is actually so fun and so good but yeah, the and it, it, you, you want to go back to it don't you and it's it's very oh, yeah. addictive but but if they're end game is poor and the overall reception is that it's poor of i think it's the, also uh, the fact that i ended up accidentally picking the worst end game class yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah, it, it really help. doesn't help because i'm yeah. i'm not the type of person that wants to go back and start no. a new character no, i love no. my character yeah yeah so it's course. a case of you know i'm waiting for some form of change to come in that makes it you know so it's more viable for yeah, me to yeah. play in game on my character yeah, yeah of course. um but See, yeah I think it also depends on the type of player though, because like for me, um, you know what I'm like, I, I, and if a game's too long anyway, um, I don't often finish them. And I hate saying that like Ghost of Tsushima is like the only long game that I have like hundred percented in you know forever. And, and I finished. <laughs> yeah. But, but with me games that even do have end game content, once I'm finished the main story, even if you can do something really cool afterwards, it's very rare that I continue playing. Um, yeah. And that's, so that's just the type of player as well, because like, for example, let's just think about some, obvious uh, some really cool ones um like the shadow of uh shadow of war game and things like that do you mm-hmm. remember after there was all that um like huge st- amounts of stuff you could I remember do after you, the- you messaged and I, me and you yeah. were like is it worth it yeah and i finished <laughs> no, the game like- and you were like it's worth it but it takes a long time and I was yeah like, i was yeah, like no, not doing it <laughs> i was like it, it is and i was like not for you because no. <laughs> it takes so long yeah. for such a little payoff but but, but like that yeah. is it like you know even um you know like okay ghost tumor I, I did 100 but that's like, a proud accomplishment but even going back to um older games the batman games um after you finished um oh arkham God, the riddler trophy yeah but if like you finished <laughs> arkham knight you could get that nightfall protocol ending um if you did all of the riddler trophies and everything like that and i was like that's just not worth it to me like i'd, I'd rather <laughs> just watch the cutscene online and just and then know that that's what happens like um <laughs> you're just like this isn't worth my time <laughs> but i love the game like, so it's you know what yeah, i mean like no, it's just I for me exactly once you finish the core for me like outriders i'll be honest once i finished it and i bossed it through to the end i probably would just stop there and I, not not because of the way it's been done but just because for me yeah, that's like completion would, for exactly. me that's completing it like that's me being like right i can move on now and if i wanted to go back and play I would probably more than likely do it if I was going to go back into someone who hadn't finished the game's lobby and play it with them mm-hmm. um, than, than do that. But again, like you say, it, I think that just comes down to as well what sort of player you are. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. But yeah. So yeah, that is it for, for my news pieces. Um, cool. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. So um, I have got three news pieces, very small news pieces, um, but, but nevertheless just thought they were worth talking about so um we've spoken on the podcast before about among us um where obviously it took off it's uh actually was the game not made years ago um and then only yeah, recently and then blew up kind of... because of streamers picking it up and things like that yeah exactly so, so it was it was, was it kind of one of those delayed or 16 hits. or something like that it was quite a long time it was ago, made it? yeah uh, I yeah i think so and it was only mobile i'm pretty yeah. sure and then, so and then so obviously it's PC. moved over to pc um now there was rumors about it coming to console and things like that um at some point uh mm-hmm. and i'm really surprised it hasn't yeah I, well this is the thing so it's now has been confirmed that it's going to uh, playstation 4 and 5 um sometime this oh, okay. year uh, we don't know when but it's definitely mm-hmm. going to be this year um cool. there was a presentation through sony that um there was the state of play presentation which was uh, i think last week or something and, and they basically confirmed it is going to playstation 4 and 5 um xbox is due to get it as well but i don't know mm-hmm. when um 
But the reason I want to talk about it was not so much about the fact it's coming to console, but I just thought this was really cool. And it kind of backs onto its own little news story in itself. Um, they've basically said that whilst it is going to go to, it's going to support crossplay and it's going to go to other consoles too, which I assume they mean Xbox. Um, only people who buy it on PlayStation will, you know how you can dress your character up in little cosmetics. You get there like a little hat. Um, yeah. And you costume. get the little pets. Don't yeah. You and the well. pets. Right. So this is, you'll love this. So to celebrate PlayStation's launch of among us, you will be actually receiving, if you buy it through PlayStation, a um, dress up outfit as ratchet with a hat, which are ratchets ears and a little pet, oh. which is clank. Oh, that's yeah, so like cool. a, mini, a little mini clank uh, so you get ratchet <laughs> and clank um and they've done that obviously to celebrate sort of the the release this year of um ratchet and clank rift apart is it a rift apart is that what it's called I think yes it's called, yeah um so. which which strangely enough me and you were just talking about before the podcast because yeah. we were saying that we're both um you know nostalgic uh childhood ratchet and clank fans and we were just actually saying about the playstation 5 and we were saying that how beautiful that game actually looks like it's going to be um mm -hmm. like the the recent footage and everything like that it looks just stunning and it That's... kind of it kind of makes me giddy because i'm like i love the originals like even now the originals are still good like so to see them making this game that looks like it's just going to be phenomenal and looks so pretty it just mm -hmm. gives me such it makes me want to play station 5 for that reason um <laughs> but yeah so um if you want to if you have a playstation and you're going to get among us on your playstation you will have a little clank by your side and can dress yourself up like ratchet so, oh, um, so it's only cute. a small bit of news but it is and yeah. it, i've got a picture of it and i'll send it to you radley but you can look it up but um yes. clank looks really cute he's um, <laughs> he's tiny um but yeah so moving on this is also playstation based as well um basically uh there, there was a an article go around recently about how the consoles have been the new consoles for next generation have been out for around uh, just about six months now or just under um coming up to and um there's not a whole lot of releases like solo releases for the playstation 5 obviously i know you've got miles morales but there's not really been sort of a lot of high profile ones um mm -hmm. and returnal uh has just come out and uh, it released last week i believe and there's there's a lot of a lot of talk about this game and i, I strangely enough picked up on this um a while back and i was i was intrigued because it's listed as like a, a dark challenging sort of third person shooter but horror and i was like oh that's kind of cool and I, I remember seeing a couple of little little glimpse trailers like not like little teasers for it and i was like this is this is really cool um like really interesting so if anyone doesn't know what returnal is it's essentially uh it's a third person shooter uh it's uh you play an astronaut um who is on i believe some sort of is it is it another an actual planet or is it just is I think it, it's a planet yeah well basically um you wake you wake up from a crash and the game plays on a loop so um it's uh it's a they're they're listing it as sort of a challenging um third person shooter um and you actually said something a minute ago bradley when we were talking about this it's what style of game is it because there's a roguelike roguelike game so um there's actually strangely enough bradley when i was reading the the, the articles and stuff about this um they yeah. refer to hades in this and i was like oh bradley well, yeah it's the same yeah. type of thing yeah where, so, you, where you're continually going through and and kind of uh, learning the route and doing it yeah. better and better yeah and they say like obviously it, it changes with each route but they say you'll the game yeah, definitely works that you'll you'll die over and over again um mm -hmm. and be sent back to the start but each time you'll never get the same run twice so yeah. obviously you you have to adapt and sort of on the fly. Um, but I just I just think this looks really cool. And I, I'm I'm ashamed I can't play it a little bit because I think I would really enjoy it. It might be one of those games that frustrates the life out of me. But at the <laughs> same time, I really like the look of it. And they said, like, I'm guessing, does Hades work the same way? It says, like, there's you'll sometimes hit certain areas in the game that you can't get past unless you have certain items from um, this story, which you then need to go back to again later yeah, on. Yeah, lo lots of roguelikes are like that. Um, I don't think Hades has anything like that, to be fair to it. Um, but yeah, that is like a trope with roguelikes. Yeah. Is that, um, it won't be that you couldn't progress. It will just be that you... Actually, yeah, there are stuff like that in Hades. Yeah, yeah, course, it's just yeah. like secret-y type stuff or like alternate yeah, yeah. that you can't yeah. do straight away. 
um, which obviously just makes it that much more enjoyable knowing that the more you do it, the more you'll unlock, yeah. the more you'll see and, and that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, the reason I sort of wanted to talk about it was because it looks like sort of it, the kind of way it's being pegged is the, the first big title release aside from Miles Morales that's kind of standing out for the PlayStation 5. Um, mm-hmm. And they're saying that, you know, uh, it kind of is a good display as well of what the console is capable of um, from its performance sort of point of view and the graphics and things like that um so yeah i I, i'm i hope that someday i get to play it or i don't know if it's ever going to move to another console or if it will just solely be a playstation exclusive but um either way i hope that at some point i'll get a chance to play it because i've watched quite a few gameplay clips and i'm impressed by it i personally think it looks really cool um and i really like this sort of fast-paced chaotic shooter with like crazy guns you know crazy gadgets um you know big enemies and and this sort of really like hectic gameplay but at the same time with this really cool like unraveling story um yeah and and yeah i'm excited i think it's pretty cool i don't know about you bradley what would you think oh yeah i'm always like up for trying different roguelikes especially when they look as good as that i'm like yes let me yeah. let me play it for a bit especially because like shooter roguelikes aren't well i mean i might be wrong here but like they're not realistically much of a thing it's normally melee based type combats or or kind of strategy based combat it's not really like third person shooter i I don't really know any other roguelikes that do a third person shooter type thing Um, so so that's really interesting different as well well. yeah yeah Yeah, because i love shooters like that's always been kind of my bread and butter Mm. it's like i will go back to shooters eventually and so having a shooter roguelike is like really cool um yeah i definitely you know if it comes out on pc i'll definitely be trying it yeah okay cool well hopefully uh, it does and we can both play it and then uh, talk about it on the podcast um moving on to my final bit of news uh, it's uh, i don't want to sound like a broken record here but i have spoken about this before um not as much as ghost of Tsushima, so we're all good but um <laughs> i think last episode maybe i spoke about um or maybe the one before i spoke about uh, call of duty and how i'd sort of been getting back into it slowly but surely um and become a bit addicted uh so this is sort of more to do with Warzone than anything else. Um, obviously, Warzone is another free-to-play um, battle royale, mm-hmm. and I've had some real problems with this game. Like me and <laughs> me and Warzone have fallen out a lot um, because because <laughs> I I I can't even. I'm not going to get into the reasons and the if buts, but it, this game really stresses me out, and it's one of the only battle royales that really does stress me out. Um, I don't remember if I spoke to you guys on the podcast about it, but I had sort of an ongoing deal with myself that I would not install Warzone because <laughs> of how big it was. No, it'd be I was on my new say, console yeah. because of the <laughs> size. And I said, it yeah. doesn't validate it for me because the game is not good enough to deserve that much space of my console. Um, but, but that went wrong. But Zach and Owen had been playing it so much. And I, I, do you know what it was? I started seeing clips of people doing cool things on Warzone. And I was like, it makes me want to play it, but I'm still not going to. And the only reason I gave in, there is, there is a but to this, <laughs> is that I realized that I could actually just install Warzone without Modern Warfare, albeit that I do own it. Um, and my Warzone um, install was way, way, I mean like hundreds of gigabytes smaller to just do it's, on its own. It's like so, 120 for just Warzone. Yeah, so like I was 260 yeah, six for Modern, Modern Warfare and, that, yeah. and the packs and all that sort of thing. So I was like, okay, and I'm, I'm on better Wi-Fi now as well. So I was sitting there one day and I, I was working actually and I thought, why not i'm not going to play xbox so all day so i might as well just start the install so i did um Mm i i i still i hate it i love it but i hate it and do you know what it is it's like a chinese when you get chinese takeaway it's addictive <laughs> right but you know when you don't your stuff and you don't want to eat more compared to anybody's compared it yeah no but like no but like right you know when you, you get chinese uh, and you you you're loving it and it's so tasty and you're stuffed but you still feel the need to go back and eat more or you want to eat it when it's cold or you you kind of can't help but just it's addictive isn't it warzone right. is like that for me because I get so frustrated playing it because I find it just so so unbalanced and unpredictable all the time. And yet mm-hmm. every time I rage at it, which is the only game I rage at, by the way, every That's time, good. yeah, just Warzone. Every time I'll come off of it, and about half an hour later, I'll <laughs> be sitting there it. and I'll be thinking, I just want to load into another game and prove that I'm better than I was doing. And and if I'm playing yes. well, that's even more annoying because I'm like, I'm playing really well and still failing. And anyway. So the reason I wanted to talk about Warzone was because number one, I've become a sucker for it. But number two, 
um they did their first so warzone's been around for oh god um I can't even remember how long it's been running. Just what, after uh, Modern Warfare, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, it's so probably it's, it's been 2020, f- like yeah, the so, beginning of 2020, so, things so, like January. But this is the first time. So season three of Cold War just started. And um, along with season three, they had also announced that Warzone was going to be changing quite drastically. Um, and there was sort of talks about what was going to happen and everything like that. But they actually did a fortnight. Um, they did an, an end of season event which led to the change of the Warzone map. So everybody's been mm-hmm. dropping in Verdansk for, you know, as long as they can remember. Everybody's yeah. lockdown consisted of where we drop in in Verdansk, boys. Like, and now <laughs> it was going to change. So I spoke to people that play it a lot and they were sort of like, well, I'm actually a bit gutted about this because, you know, I've spent all this time learning Verdansk and now it's about to change. But I personally was like, look, change is good because Fortnite has always done it well you know i don't think there's anything wrong with switching it up from time to time um and but they did a Fortnite because they did an event um which is cool because i didn't expect that from call of duty ever i never thought there'd be a game to follow like that sort of thing i thought it would just be like oh there's an update out and yeah update new map enjoy (laughs) new map enjoy yeah buy more packs in the store Um, (laughs) they're, they're more expensive um but yeah um but anyway so I tuned in to the changeover from season two to season three to, to see how they did it. And it was really cool. So um, essentially what happened was Verdansk um, slowly towards the end of the season was getting radiation patches um, and zombies on certain parts of the map. And yes, radiation zones were spreading throughout the map. Um, so how did that uh, actually work? So, so no, one, drop into, no one told me. <laughs> so you drop into, you drop in like normal and mm-hmm. on your map from the start, there are like red circles um, and they were all of the spots that zombies had been previously throughout the season. Um, right. And there was then a broadcast going off um, saying that there was uh, the plate, certain places in the map were being overrun. Um, and there was like evacuation warnings and things like that, which was really cool. Cause it added a sense of realness to Venansk as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was also missile strikes going o- across the map and things like that, which is, so it just kind of was adding all these new sounds, new things going on. Um, and what happened was towards the end, the radiation zone started getting bigger and bigger and there was more of them. Um, and then just before the event, what happened was that Verdansk, supposedly the story was that Verdansk got overrun by zombies and um, you you started the event and you would spawn onto a place called Rebirth Island, um, which is like a smaller map, like way smaller, but it's like a map in itself. Um, mm-hmm. And it was at nighttime and you were to, your job was to land there um, as squads and you were to find the nuke codes and you were to activate a nuke, which was going to blow up Verdansk essentially because, <laughs> well, because the point was, is that it was completely overrun with zombies and they weren't going to evacuate the soldiers. And so instead it was better to nuke the, the whole of Verdansk because you're playing as like the bad guys in this. Um, <laughs> but it's really cool. So like it added like a, a sense of, yeah. sort of like a mission and things like that. Um, and there's like broadcasts going on, stuff like that. Um Anyway, so you eventually, obviously, the new whoever it doesn't matter who actually wins the game, the the, the event, because no matter what the event, this goes off the same. You just get told who the squad was who managed to launch the nuke, basically. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was only like a really quick little thing, and then after that, it was sort of like, okay, so what's going to happen now? Like, you know, what's the ha- what's the map? What what happens? Um, I was sort of half like yay and half like oh because what ended up happening was that I loaded into battle Royale afterwards to see what had changed. Um, and I loaded in and it used to be called, um, prod. Uh, I can't remember what the mission name was. That's really annoying considering how long I spent learning, uh, seeing that intro to, um, for dance. But anyway, it's sort of like, I was like, right. So what's the new map then I loaded in, it was loading up and it's mm-hmm. called for 84. And I'm like, huh? Like, why is it called Verdansk? Yeah. And yeah, the map is just Verdansk in the past. Right. What has realistically changed? So, so it's what's actually changed is a a lot of the areas on the map have changed uh, to because essentially what they're saying is it's back in set back when Cold War is set, which is quite cool because it has changed elements of the game, but it's just things like, um, uh, where there's a quarry in Verdansk, in Verdansk 84, it's a salt mine and it's not a quarry there yet. 
and like so it's all okay. different layout different um you know different... so we're saying like time has changed for dance in terms of like buildings yeah yeah, and, yeah. And so what's... like there's a stadium in modern day for dance and in um in Verdansk 84 the stadium is still being built so like there's it's all scaffolded okay, and that's there's, quite like, cool though yeah and so it's like it's got it's not just quite a, the big map change no, that you were probably hoping no for. that's that's <laughs> what kind of my problem with it was because it's called it's a flashback it's basically like the whole thing's supposed to be a flashback so um they've they've put some nice little touches on it like for example um when you load in and you jump out of the star it used to be like a big sort of you know like like cargo plane that you jump yeah. out of and now it's helicopters because obviously back then they wouldn't probably have had the big cargo planes that you know mm-hmm. the military That's planes cool. that you jump out of. um but yeah the map really has just changed in the sense of it's basically just gone back in time so like a lot of the like downtown and that is more old-fashioned some of the buildings are like they look more old-fashioned and like a lot of the things are still in process of being built um and so obviously like the quarry's not there anymore and like you know things that aren't so modern um mm-hmm. don't exist um and there's cool. like a um a satellite instead and it's 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 not that like drastically different don't get me wrong but i was like it's okay it's enough yeah. to sort of feel a bit fresh but what i liked is that they've also um because it was modern warfare that started off warzone the loadout drops on the ground everything you could loot was warzone it uh, was modern warfare weaponry which obviously yeah. doesn't make any sense now because those guns don't exist or a lot of them probably don't so now everything that you can loot when you drop and load out um, is is all cold war weaponry so all the guns that i've been playing on multiplayer are the standard guns you'll find on the ground um there is a slight catch to it because when you get do you remember in warzone you could get a loadout drop which is your own yes loadouts you can still have your modern warfare loadouts um so you can still have your guns from the other game right but to be honest with you a lot of them have sort of been nerfed um and a lot of guns in cold war are sort of the preferred ones to go with now anyway so they're sort of buffed and things like that so i've Warzone's... heard about some of the guns being ridiculous. oh my god Bradley. heard about the yeah. mac yeah the mac 10 and um, and the the pistols the dual, yeah, pistols. dual pistols that they got nerfed straight away um they're they're no longer with like um, 80 mags yeah <laughs> and and there's um one of the guns you find most commonly on the ground now is the street sweeper shotgun which is essentially the round barrel shotgun which is like an old version of the aa12 shotgun from like oh wow for each game yeah but it's one of the most common guns you pick up from the ground when you first drop and if you find one even like a common one and um, not like in the <laughs> rare one if you go into a building it's game over because you can literally wipe a whole squad by just holding the trigger down because oh, it's game because over. because of the rate of fire even if they've got a machine gun and they're accurate with it, you'll probably crack their shield and knock them before they do half your half your health because wow. like it's just like a consistent doom 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 doom. And yeah. the, not just that, but the pellet spread is so wide you can actually hit three people at once. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, not quite sure how that how that gun's not been nerfed more. It has been nerfed, by the way, but it, like definitely not enough. Um, because yeah. like I say, I would. At the start, of then the again, game, it is like, a very specific scenario. Like, oh, if you're in a field, yeah, yeah, if you're in the middle of like a lumber yard and there's no, no <laughs> one else around for 100 meters. Um, what about the gulag? Is that still there? That's, thing, or that's that cool, right? So, yeah, that is cool. So, the gulag is still there and it works the same way. Um, but the gulag, um, layout has changed and they've sort of added, oh, okay, yeah. If, what I liked about this as well is that the gulag has more depth than it's ever had because the there is in the gulag it was all about you know a small tiny little square that you were in a flag in the middle for overtime you know you get a gun and there's not really anywhere to hide it's just sort of you run at each other and whoever's got the better shot first you know is yeah the, winner. the gulag now has um has levels so like you're as in you'll be you start off on the floor and you start off it's an l shape uh it was a square but the the main path is an l shape so you start in one end of the l and the person starts on the other side but in the bottom right hand corner of the square what would make the square is a scaffolding with a house which means you can actually get above the opponent so you can go you can choose Ah, up or down cool um and that just in itself adds a bit more depth to the gulag because like people are already finding ways to sort of play the gulag differently like you know instead of just charging each other me included in this what a lot of people do now is they a second your gulag starts and the countdown starts you go straight up up to the second floor and then you sprint across the other side and jump down to where they spawn 
And if you're quick enough, a lot of the time you get there before they even have a chance to think about where they're going to go and you just land behind them. So it's like you already got more opportunity to play the gulags differently. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still there. It's still cool. the gulag. It works the same way. But yeah, so um, last thing I'm going to say about Warzone before, because yeah, there's, um, you know, it's still frustrates absolute life at me and <laughs> this was just interesting for me because i was um looking into this uh, these stories about uh, the new warzone update and everything like that um mm-hmm. and they were talking about how it's one of the most popular free-to-play battle royales um so i started doing a bit of research and these numbers might not be 100 percent accurate but i started looking because it says on here that warzone has over 100 million people playing at the battle right. royale which is a lot don't get me wrong they said it's one of the most popular free to play titles right now with a hundred million people playing. But I was like, but how does that fare compared to people that play the amount of players on Fortnite and the amount of players on apex, which are obviously two of the most other highest, you know, um, battle rounds. So just out of interest, would you like to take a guess before I tell you? So what I I researched, I'd say that's the lowest out of the, the, the three. Yeah. So that's that. And would you say, so would you, what order would you put it in? I'd put bottom, bottom. Fortnite still at the top. Oh, yeah. bottom, I'd say Warzone, yeah. then, then Apex, then yeah. Fortnite. Yeah. So that's what I would have said as well. Um, and that is what it is, basically, as long as, unless any of these numbers are wrong. Nice. Um, but yeah, I like, I like that. But, um, but would you like to take a guess at the numbers? So if I told you that they're saying Warzone has, 100 a, mil. has 100 mil players, um, uh, Apex. I, I, I'm not gonna. I can't tell you the amount Apex has for some reason. I can tell you that, basically, um, yeah. I can tell you that based on last month, that the the closest figure I could get to Apex was that by April 2021, it had mm-hmm. over a hundred million players. So that's okay. they wouldn't give me a statistic on that. I couldn't find it. But would you like to take a guess how many as of? I don't, uh, as of May 2020, how many players were there on Fortnite, do you reckon? Oh, it's got to be like double or something ridiculous like that. I'll take, guess 200 takes, million. That's what you're going to guess, yeah? Yeah. As of May 2020, Fortnite had surpassed 350 million oh, players worldwide. Gee, is that like concurrent or is that I don't just... know. I don't know. Because there's so many. Amassing 350 million like, players across that, the globe. Is... Yeah. Jesus. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And that was last year as well. So <laughs> I don't, I mean, obviously I know their numbers dwindle and stuff because a lot of people don't like where it's gone, but there must still be a fair whack of people on it. Oh God. Yeah. You don't lose 250 million no. players that quick. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting because uh, um, it's crazy because everyone talks about Warzone um, actually more than people talk about Fortnite and Apex, but it's actually the lowest of the three by the sounds of it, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's my news piece. What about PUBG? PUBG, God knows where that does. I'll see if I can find it. Do people it. still play PUBG? I don't know. But while I'm looking this Poor up, thing. while I'm looking this up, um, you could, I'm done with my news pieces and I believe there's something else you wanted to talk about today. Yeah, so instead of doing a review this week, I haven't really played anything new in, in quite a while, probably about a week or two. Um, I've just been playing old games. Um, and one of the older games that I've been playing is Halo, the Master Chief Collection. And... I've been playing it um, with my fiance um, because she's never played any of the Halo games. So it was it was one of those things where like we played Reach when it came out on PC and then um, we kind of waited a while. And then now that they're all out, so you've got Halo 1, 2, um, 3, ODST and 4 are all out as well. We were like, it was in the sale, it was like £15. I'm sorry, um, <laughs> developer of <laughs> Days Gone. Yeah, I shouldn't be well getting it in the sale. <laughs> Um, but I probably wouldn't have got it otherwise because I wasn't too fussed. You know, it was one of those. I've played so, Halo so many times. So it's like... Just really yeah. quickly before you carry on, um, all I can find at the moment is that the highest recorded amount of players on PUBG was 3.24 million. Oh, no. I I'm not sure. It must have been more than that. Uh, well, it says that that's what I could find is the highest recorded. At it was one very point. niche compared yeah. to the others, I think. It yeah. started, it like, kind of made the trend blow Trend, up. yeah, set the trend. But anyway, in, carry on, Halo. Then people came <laughs> and was like, I'll just do it, but do it better. Yeah, but yeah, um, anyway, go back to what you're saying. So, yeah, so, so yeah, I got it in the sale. Um, it was like £15 for all of them, which I was like, they're old games, but at the same time, when you pay like £15 and get how many or so, one, two, three, ODST. It's so, like five, four or five games with Reach, it would have been. Um, 
I thought 15 pounds like so good and I had like steam credits so I was like why yeah. not um so we got them and um we've been playing through them all and honestly it's one of those things when you first get into Halo 1 I I've told you before I remember said ages ago but it reminds me of being at yours um because I never actually played through Halo 1 um like without uh like on my own like I, I i never actually owned a halo one <laughs> i only ever played it yours mm-hmm. um but like and i only really remember because we obviously i wasn't there for that long so i only really remember playing the beginning of it mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like when you first get onto like halo yeah. and i always remember like the needler and things like that little memories like that it's really yeah nice. yeah but, um, so nostalgic exactly it's so nostalgic because i didn't even own an original xbox i know you did um mm-hmm. but i didn't so it's like it's one of those things and then obviously i've played halo one since um i played the remaster um actually probably the first time i played through the whole of halo one was probably when the master chief collection released on um, xbox one and i probably played it then so i haven't played through the earlier games that many times but um going back it's like it's one of those things where you get that bit of nostalgia and then you get past nostalgia and it's like the games are decent yeah (laughs) and it's like they're very long-winded you just seem to be walking for like 10 minute stretches where you're just like you get to the point where you're like i'm just gonna walk past these enemies (laughs) because i don't know why i'm killing them at this point um and it it is one of those things like you know that they were amazing for the time you get you get past the nostalgia and then it's like okay right i'm actually committing time to this so i'm gonna probably just kind of go through it a bit quicker um but they are, they are really good games. And, and the thing was, is I was kind of like, oh, I, I always dread going back to like Halo 1 and 2 because they're so outdated. Um, even with their graphical updates, they look nice, but they're still gameplay wise and kind of story wise, I feel like they are, they are a little bit dated. Um, but then I hit 3 and 3 is the one where I have the most kind of nostalgia from playing yeah. it on Xbox 360. That was the first Halo I like owned myself and I would play like all the time. Um, and when I hit 3, I started having so much more fun. Um, I know the Halo 3 campaign is so much better and, and for some reason that made me enjoy it more because I was like looking forward to little bits, um, little moments. And then it was just kind of like, it just kept getting better after then. So then we played ODST and I was really looking forward to ODST. Um, I think ODST is a really good game. I, I, I like It's not even very long. I think we did it in like five, six hours, if that. Um, but it's just it's just a really like well done game in my opinion from Bungie just kind of telling the other side of the story when you're not a super soldier yeah, yeah and you're really weak like we played all of them on heroic she wanted like too much of a challenge you know me I would have been like legendary, <laughs> legendary. She, she was like normal and I was like we will compromise <laughs> <laughs> so it was like we, we will compromise and hit in the middle <laughs> literally but ODST is challenging on heroic at least in my opinion compared to the others um like we didn't struggle too much but you die very quickly you're not meant to be a spartan you have you know you don't have shields you have what's called stamina and your stamina is pretty much one shot at heroic and it's like ridiculous um but yeah so like i enjoyed thoroughly odst and then four everybody and this is the thing we finished four today and everybody gives four a lot of hate because it was, you know, it's three, four, three's first go at it. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, oh, they changed too much. They did this wrong, that wrong. And I would say I had like the best time in four. I think it's so underrated from everybody's like hate. Um, yeah. You know, the online multiplayer, that's a different story. You know, um, I treat that as a separate thing. But in terms of the campaign, I, I absolutely loved playing through four. I think one, it's a phenomenal, like in terms of its graphics. I was sitting there and I was like, this was 2012. And it looks amazing. Like, I was like, this could have released, you know, this year, at least on PC. I think it looked phenomenal. Um, and which is why I'm really sad that I don't get to play Halo 5, because I'd love to see what that looks like. Just remind PC. me, which, what is the sort of ma- like main plot of number four? Because I uh, get Cortana. Is that Cortana's ra- yeah, rampancy. rampancy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was yeah, such so an I. emotionally yeah. connecting story, especially oh, compared to, you know, people like, hello one halo 2 is the best and i'm like they're, they're good but you don't feel that emotion you don't no. get these morally gray areas where like yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole premise of four is oh john or must chief is a you know he's an emotionless person he's a soldier and he he's was not. built yeah he's yeah. the spartan um yeah and the whole way through you're like he's not emotionless and it is like a case of like you're like is he and then and then he says mm-hmm. things and you're like no he has like he cares for her and yeah, he slowly yeah. like shows that more and more throughout the campaign and i think he's done it in such a lovely way yeah um, especially like i really enjoyed you know, it for i thought it was you remember that one. how it ends yes i mean this is 2012 yes. so if anybody doesn't know cortana 
sacrifices herself and there's yeah. this really emotional bit where she oh, kind yeah. of talks to him at the end and even then you can hear it he's like no yeah. i'm not gonna let this happen and she's like it's already yeah, yeah. done and he doesn't know what to do he's no. a soldier that's like you know he's always one step ahead he's the master chief he can do anything in the world in like you know and he can't and... stop this from happening yeah exactly and you yeah. just see him he gave me then... shivers <laughs> exactly yeah and I'm... then you see him staring out in uh, earth yeah and he's looking and he he's one you know he says like soldiers are there to protect humanity and yeah. and you've just got these moments where it's like it's so emotionally connecting mm. compared to the you know don't get me wrong halo one two and three have such epic moments that oh, yeah they make the story amazing but halo 4 had this kind of grounded connection for me where i was like you really feel the master chief's pain he isn't just a soldier like no, it's just not, you know, not just a matter suit that is yeah not, it's not just a suit that does epic things yeah. for us to gawk yeah, at and go oh it was awesome yeah he, he is a person yeah, yeah. exactly and i love the way it ends do you remember when he's walking through yeah. and yeah. he goes to to get his armor taken off and yeah. that again is such a like he, he you know he we've never it's seen unknown. him without his yeah, arm we yeah. still don't it's get foreign. to see him and that's what yeah, i love yeah. um but yeah he's this big like brutish guy that like, he's like double the size of a normal human and he goes to take his armor off and you're like he's he's weakening himself he's he's kind of ready to be vulnerable and it's yeah, it's yeah. really really well done and i hate the fact that people are like oh four is awful and i'm like it's definitely not awful i hope, that, I hope that that game. suit has some sort of like air freshener in there because otherwise he, <laughs> he hasn't taken like, it off for like seven, seven years, years yeah <laughs> but yeah um like so they, I, hope they I take off wanted... one arm and that everyone around him dies like just pass, yeah, <laughs> start being projectile vomiting i just wanted to take a moment to like kind yeah. of not only say that i i do think they're still amazing games mm. to just really shout out four and, and three four three for taking it in a different direction and oh yeah and, definitely yeah and and kind of i'm hoping that people now will realize how good of a game especially the campaign like i said multiplayer aside i know a lot of people play halo for the multiplayer yeah but, I think you should treat them as separate things. And I don't think oh, yeah. it's a bad game at all. No. Um, and that's why I just want to play through Halo 5 now. Not only do I want to to just kind of round off the I'll, the, the hmm. stories, but it's I'll also a case of that is one that everybody moans at. For that's what I was about to say. I do, yeah, everybody does moan about Halo 5. But again, I didn't dislike it. I, I didn't, didn't. I do hate the way they take kind of, you know, everything that happens in, in 4. Yeah. And then it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like, it's like, yeah. Uh, but okay. but i do like i i halo 5 is the one where you play as the the you as play as both and, teams and teams yeah, the yeah. that i thought that was a really cool dynamic though. same and like, that's why i want to play it again it's yeah it was really cool and i love this i mean i understand people thought it was overhyped you didn't really do quite what they'd kind of set out to do with this whole like epic chase it was good enough though in my opinion and, and i would definitely love to play that especially before infinite um, but now I'm like, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm really excited for Infinite now because you see how good of like a game it can be. Um, and I'm so glad that they took their time to say, you know, we're not going to release it out of um, just because of pressure because of Xbox a uh, Series X. I'm glad that they've taken a step back and said, we're just going to work on it for a bit. Um, yeah. And it's, it looks like it's shaping up to be um, a really amazing game. So, yeah, just a big shout out to kind of Halo and, and how awesome of a franchise it is. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, what they've built and i'm glad that they're continuing to add to it mm. so yeah that, nice. is, that is kind of all i wanted to say no nice um it is they are just great games and you know there's people who don't like certain ones whatever but um one thing i will say and uh, please don't hate me but one thing i will say is that um i am shamefully one of the people who can say i've never played odst um <gasps> I know and i and everybody you should, tells you me have how master chief collection i mean you no, have game pass so yeah, surely game it's on pass there. it's on there yeah um, I would just like play through it or, or even if you play like the first few missions just to um, get a feel how different it is yeah like the first um mission you're alone and it's night and it feels more like a horror if anything yeah yeah i remember chris saying that and um, and it, it is really weird and like honestly i i was like let's sneak through and you can yeah. like in other halo games can you imagine the master chief sneaking, sneaking around like, <laughs> like, like sneaking <laughs> away from grunts like. <laughs> but literally that's what it was like it was like let's just sneak through and you do and you sneak through and um yeah it, it feels really different but then it kind of has this juxtaposition where you play play as the rookie and then you play as different squad members every right. other mission right um so it's and the, the squad members members missions are are very much like normal halo missions yeah, yeah or at least more normal where it's like very loud it's very in your face and then you go back to these really quiet times and i love the kind of pacing of that mm. of really high octane you know gameplay and then really calm Opposite. Slowly, yeah, yeah like 
you know, like I said, I stealth through most of that. And, and yeah. purely for the fact that it was quicker because of how weak you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. Um, I'd definitely go back if you have like, you know, a point where you're like, uh, what do I do? Find something yeah. Else. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, well, there's only really one thing left to, to for me to speak about um, before we sort of wrap this episode up. And that is, mm-hmm. um, uh, is actually for a change. I've got a small review um, to do, and that is on a film. Um, there is, there's reasoning to why I've done a film. Uh, I haven't played anything new in a while other than Outriders. Yeah, like spoke about. <laughs> However, this sort of kind of sits on the fence between sort of a film and also game like stuff, because um, this is actually a film by Tom Clancy and, um okay. yeah and so um film uh released on amazon prime uh on the 30th of uh, april is this called, the one with michael, michael b jordan yes called without remorse yes um i was yeah. interested by this so I'm yeah excited to see so, it. yeah so uh, me and uh, me and court sat and watched it the other day um it's it was i initially saw the trailer i saw tom clancy and i was like right this film's going to be like a bit of me all over like you know something for the boys just something that you know you want to see like uh, so mm-hmm. essentially he is a um, navy seal um he's special forces and um he goes out on a mission with his squad um and they're kind of misbriefed about and it kind of shows maybe it's a bit dramatic to an extent but it shows as well how easy in in war um, and times of you know conflict how easy it is to make a mistake and the consequences of the mistake um and essentially okay. what what happens is him and his team go out um i won't give you too much but they go out on a mission and it's pretty much you know one of their standard sort of ops and they're the people they believe that they're fighting or they believe that they're going to contact with um i think it's israeli or something um <clears throat> soldiers and it ends up that they're actually the people there are actually russian special forces um and obviously they don't know that until it's too late um and the obviously it's sort of about you know the the, the seals f- like how furious they are with the people who gave them their mission brief because they ended up attacking people they weren't supposed to be attacking basically and killing people they right. weren't supposed to um and then it sort of enters into this conflict where the navy seals team um the Navy SEALs team that were everyone on who was part of that op um, gets hunted down on American soil and, and killed. Um, okay. And then the squad cool. get, were taken one by one. I mean, sad, um, but cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sad, but cool. But basically the, the point of it is, is that he, they come for him, Michael B. Jordan, he's the main character. They come for him um, and they, 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 this is not a spoiler because the whole trailer is about it. And that's why it's called without remorse. But with the, they basically, they, they accidentally kill his wife um instead of him and mm-hmm. um because they think he's in the bed and he's not um and it's about how he then decides that he's going to operate with outside of the rules basically um bit john wick style um he's gonna you know he doesn't mm-hmm. care about the military anymore he doesn't care about that he's going to do whatever it takes to find everyone who is responsible and and kill them basically um yeah and yeah it's i mean it's a great action film there's some really cool choreographed fight scenes in there as well like fist like hand to hand and things like that and it's really sort of does this this justice of how badass the military can be and things like that and how cool he is and like that you know there's some Mm -hmm. some great scenes in there um and some really sort of um detailed um weaponry combat as well like that sort of the realness of you know like when you're stuck in a situation and you're pinned down and like you know the the fear of even special forces you know when they know they're screwed they're screwed like um yeah but but the reason i liked it so much was not because it was just sort of a you know a cool tom clancy shooting you know action film i liked it because i won't tell you anything more about the storyline but there's a lot more to the storyline than what the trailer kind of makes it seem like and it's really actually quite interesting because like you you watch it and you're just like oh i now understand like you're like that makes more sense yeah yeah that's cool like and you start to think well why did you know why did this like it all starts with this briefing and you think well why did they get that so wrong like why did they not know that they the russians were going to be there and and then as it develops it's sort of more about corruption and things like that like about you know how sometimes the military do things because they're they're trying to provoke you know, do you know what i mean like i'm not gonna yeah say this, but they're trying to it's sort of cause and effect on purpose like but okay 
soldiers out of the loop because they, yeah. they know that they'll they'll know the injustice in what they're doing um mm-hmm. and it's sort of like that great like you said about before it's sort of the gray area of you know soldiers are you know they're there to serve their country but sometimes they have to do morally gray things um, mm-hmm. and they might not always agree with that and that's sort yeah. of why his character is so cool because he decides he doesn't care anymore whether <laughs> whether he's a war criminal or what he is yeah. He's going to do whatever he thinks is necessary to do what has to be done. Um, and in a backhanded way, the military use him to that advantage because they know that he'll do it. And that's really cool. Like it's a really cool dynamic between him and his, his former, you know, former captains and things like that. But yeah, it's, uh, that's all I really want to say about it. It's, it's not a long film. It's about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, something like that. And mm-hmm. I thought it was wicked. It's a fun ride. It's there's, there's, Less action than you'd probably expect as well, which I quite liked because it's not just guns blazing the whole time. Yeah. Like crazy yeah. action. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And I thought the underlying story was really cool. And I think it had a, a, a really cool conclusion as well. Um, but yeah, and Michael B. Jordan was fantastic as a um, Navy SEAL. He's somehow more muscular than he is in Creed, which is pretty surprising. <laughs> he just keeps growing. Yeah, he just gets bigger and bigger, that guy. But anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, give it a watch. It's a it's a great film not too long nothing boring about it and if you like those sort of military sort of action films then it's definitely a, a bit of you and tom clancy well done i don't know yeah. what involvement you had but tom clancy it's great i know um, it just seems to get everywhere doesn't he yeah but anyway so unless you've got anything else bradley that's sort of our episode done no no you're all good yeah well yep hopefully next week we'll be back to normality hopefully we'll have all three members um mm-hmm. and the teller will return from his his tales um in foreign lands uh and yeah we can get back on with a new episode and i'm sure after the teller hears this episode he's going to have some things he wants to comment about probably the halo section yeah mentioned um but yeah so enjoy it everybody and enjoy it the teller when you hear it and uh, we'll catch you guys next week see See you later. later